This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, episode 121, Not a Diablo Master. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash soulstone2016. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or media player. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Patreon. Support the Shattered Soulstone. With your support, you can help the show grow. Become a patron today. Patreon.com slash soulstone. Coming to you from the dark recesses of the proverbial Dawn Forge pouch, this is episode 121 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. It is Wednesday, June 15th, 2016, and I am your host, Jen, and I'm joined by, hmm, neither one of my regular two party members tonight. Both Brasia and Lantonio are unavailable to uh, jump into the show today. So instead, I decided to bring in someone who's also very involved in the show, but doesn't uh, appear on it very often. Those of you that have heard of referred to our editor, Sean, uh, you get to hear him tonight. How you doing today, Sean? Well, I'm doing okay. Thanks for inviting me onto the show. As uh, this is, I believe, my second time being on, though, as you stated, I am involved uh, pretty intricately, I guess, in pretty much every episode so far, but in more of a behind-the-scenes capacity, as the most casualist of all casual Diablo players, I won't have a whole lot of insight to offer here, but at least... This keeps Jen from having to do a solo show for whatever that may be worth. And, you know, it prevents everyone from having to listen to me babble on all by myself, which I, I don't know how many people really want to hear that tonight. So, you know, since you do edit the show, I was thinking, could you, like, go into a brief little bit about what that's like for Shattered Soulstone? Sure. I mean, we did talk about this uh, last year when we, you know, did the whole patreon launch right but i'll go mm-hmm. i'll go over it kind of quickly here so the way that we produce the show is the co-hosts uh, typically things are a little different because i don't know maybe if we've picked up some new listeners recently and they don't know this jen and i are married right and mm-hmm. we do live together and we do a lot so of podcasting together when we uh do a show like the one we're doing now we can actually sit in the same room and record it through our mixer onto one computer but typically the way things work is whatever combination of Jen Lantonio and Brazia we have record their sides separately so you guys talk to each other through Skype so you can hear each other which is important 
and then you record your tracks of just your own voices on your own computers and in Lantonio and Brazier's cases they upload those files to a shared Dropbox that we all use and in Jen's case well I just pull that file right off of her computer because mm -hmm. the two computers are merely a few feet apart and I pull all those different tracks together into an application um, appropriately named for this show Reaper though it's been around a lot longer than Reaper of Souls so no real connection there just purely coincidental mm -hmm. and I line the tracks up as best as I can and then I listen from uh, the beginning to the end and edit as necessary and sometimes there's more to do than other times it just depends on how many people are on the show and it depends on you know uh, technical glitches and stuff like that because sometimes Skype cuts out and you know, uh, maybe eh, five minutes or so has to be cut out while that gets worked out, depending on the situation. And, you know, if uh, Lantonio hasn't been on the show in a while and he has a lot to say, then I can just kind of usually let that roll. <laughs> right, because you know that's all going to be worry too content. much because, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, and I mean, it isn't really my job as an editor to edit things so much for content in the way that I might have to if we were producing a safer radio station where we had to hit a specific time mark. Fortunately, we don't really deal with that in podcasting, but it is, you know, part of my job to make sure that the really superfluous stuff gets cut out because while I'm sure there are some people who would really love to have the ultimate Shattered Soulstone, you know, raw audio experience. I think most people don't really care that much when, you know, Skype drops out and everybody's trying to run around and reconnect and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. it's, it's kind of crazy. And, and then, it would be hard to, like, hook all that up with if you've got someone that's dropped out of Skype and the other two are going, okay, wait, did we lose him? I think we lost him. I mean, how fun is that, right? Yeah. And um, there are times where my uh, headset microphone, which I usually use, I'm not using tonight, right. um, will sort of make me sound like a Cylon. Sure. Yeah, so, I mean, that's no fun. You know, it's like this really scratchy, horrible robotic noise. So um, you, I think you tend to edit that out. Yeah, it depends on the context, and that's always something that you want to be considerate of because sometimes if you say something during that portion that doesn't get reiterated, then I might leave it in. But most of the time, if the roboting gets really bad, somebody will warn you and you'll stop, mm -hmm. and either they'll talk for a while and then they'll kind of go back and ask you to reiterate what you said during the robot moment and i'll say i don't remember because <laughs> that's usually what yeah. happens <laughs> so it all depends and this is why i guess uh speaking of, of robots the action of editing a podcast and doing it so it's fairly well done at the end is something that's going to take a while for software to replicate it'll get there eventually but it's not there yet and then after all of the voice tracks are sorted out and edited and mostly I've got the sound levels where I want them for the individual tracks so they everybody sounds good and like no one's way louder than anybody else and that kind of thing I toss in 
the the music bed and adjust that as needed and then any stuff that goes on the beginning the end you usually hear the dawn forger bumper at the beginning and then there's another one at the end of the show so it all just depends on what all's in there we haven't you know we used to have some segments at the end of the show we don't really have those anymore and then you know whatever it is it gets uh, stuck in at the end and then i do some processing on the on the master track for the mix down it goes to mp3 it goes into dropbox and after that it's out of my hands right exactly and then medros posts it for us right after i write the show notes and that's kind of how it goes now uh, the other thing i want to ask you which i probably know but i don't think all of our listeners would know if we did a show let's say we had all three hosts on the show and we did an hour-long show about how long would that take to get it all the way through the editing process so it's ready to be posted Typically, if we're talking about a scenario where I'm working off of the three individual tracks, because sometimes, again, due to technical problems, etc., we have to fall back on the uh, group recording, which has everyone's voices in a single track. But working under the assumption that we're talking about, you know, the full deal, I generally say that it takes two hours to process an hour of audio but it all depends and i've been editing this show since the beginning which has been four or five years six years how, how long oh my is, gosh when did we start well, we started, started before um, d3 launched right so. because i remember we the beta hadn't exist hadn't started yet Yes, and there were there were uh, episodes with us trying to get right. into the beta and hoping mm-hmm. to do that. So, gosh, twenty twelve, I think, is okay, when. Okay, so about I think four is years. when uh, Diablo three. I feel like that's about right. I think five years is too long. Four years probably sounds about right. And since I've been doing it from the beginning, and generally speaking, things with this show are pretty consistent. I've gotten a lot faster with it, but it isn't like you can just under any circumstance just take the tracks you know line them up in the beginning and then just throw the stuff on the beginning and end and and render it out and be done it no matter what it requires the time to listen to the entire thing from start to finish so even if you know it takes less than the projected two hours per hour to edit it's still going to take at least as long as the overall you know length of the raw audio is there's a little bit of play in there because i know the show well i can actually listen to you guys at about 1.3 speed so you kind of sound gnomish sorry for the warcraft reference <laughs> that's okay but i don't know of an equal reference in diablo um, but uh impish maybe sure. uh, i don't know if we want to go there <laughs> Mm, not <laughs> I mean, not sure. Yeah, let's just let's just stick voices, with the gnomes. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I can bump it up to make it play back a little faster, just because I know this show so well. So that knocks off a little bit of time. But I would say, on average, you know, it's it's two hours per hour of raw audio. So you can kind of do the math from there. 
Okay, so I just wanted to bring that up because you're on the show, so we have sure. someone you know that can explain all of that really well. Sure. And I know that maybe some of our listeners do have their own podcasts and know how that works, but I think there's a lot yeah. that don't know like the behind the scenes. So I figured mm-hmm. it'd be kind of a nice way to let them in on what happens when they're not listening to the show or before they get to listen to the show, right? <laughs> as the case may be. Um, So we're going to move on to a typical segment we do uh, in this show where we talk about what we've been doing in Diablo 3. And Sean and I have been playing together quite a bit recently since the last show. So um, I thought we'd sort of uh, talk about that together. Well, we were up until whatever it was. Yeah. A week uh, like I don't week, know, week and a half ago, something maybe. like that. So I'm gonna like start and kind of reiterate where I've been at. Um, so I'm playing hardcore. I'm not playing softcore at all this season. I tend to switch off, and I'm playing a witch doctor, which I barely play. I've out of all of the classes, I think this is the one I've put the least effort in or in time into. Not because I don't like the witch doctor class, um, but it just worked out that way, you know. And this is our sixth season, so this is the sixth class for me. So, you know, I was going to play them all eventually in a season. This is the one. And I'm failing. And um, mm-hmm. it's just not really easy for me to do. So my first, you know, I thought going into this season, I was going to really push it and see what I could do with the Witch Doctor and see how far I could get. And my first one died, like, uh, at level 69. So right before you hit 70 and, wow. you know, get the uh, Hadrig's Gift. And I hadn't gotten that yet. If I had gotten that and then died immediately after hitting 70, you know, before I could get out of the battle or wherever I was, um, I would have lost it. So I was kind of like, well, okay, there's there's a benefit to that. And then I started uh, a, another Witch Doctor that lasted about 35 minutes because I was playing while sick and did something really stupid. So um, that one's gone. So the third one, I'm thinking three times a charm, you know, maybe it'll work. Yeah, that one um, is the one that I started playing, and I'm like, okay, well, I've got this new witch doctor, and then you said you wanted to play as well. Yep. And what what were you playing? I rolled a female crusader, and I might have been even a little too clever for myself in the naming convention when I named her Dead Soon. Oh That's no. D e d s o o n. Yeah. Because I kind of figured knowing my super casual slash noobness in the game. That's probably what would happen, and I'll let you continue. Okay, <laughs> so so we started playing together, and I think my Witch Doctor, when you started, I think it was maybe level 2 or 3 or something. It wasn't real far. Maybe it was under 10. We were pretty close in level when we played together. It wasn't like I was trying to power level you or something right. like that, because uh, I just couldn't at that point. I didn't have a character big enough to make that happen. Uh, in hardcore in season so um we started playing together and i decided that since you know i'd gotten through uh the season journey of chapter one and chapter two and i had been working my way through chapter three until my first witch doctor died i thought okay well what we're gonna do is see how far we can get sean through the season journey you know while we're leveling and stuff and uh do you remember how far you got i've got it written down if you don't remember i don't really recall i think now, the season journeys, that's the thing that's sort of broken out into chapters, right? Yes, yes. I'm fairly certain I got through chapter one mm-hmm. all the way through. Yep. But I n- don't think I got through chapter two. I think you're right about that. So what we did was uh, we started out playing on uh, just normal and then moved up to hard pretty quick. And uh, I think we were talking about that, you know, okay, we weren't leveling as quickly, and we weren't getting hit by the monsters at all, so we moved it up to expert. 
at that point. And yeah. uh, we got you through the whole entire season journey, chapter one, and we hit like level 35. So that's yeah. where we were, okay? And we're like, okay, this is going great, you know, no problem. And it was, and it's obviously, you get you get more of a buff when you play with someone instead of by yourself. There's like yeah. a buff that gives you extra stuff and all that and extra chances of whatever. So that was kind of cool. And then the next time we played, um, we were going to uh, move it up again from expert to master difficulty. Yeah. And do you remember, like, you were trying to set it and you couldn't? Right, mm-hmm. Do you want to explain what happened from your point of view, or you want me to kind of jump in? Well, I guess, you know, I, I just went into the game settings, and I tried to bump it up, and it wouldn't let me. And I think what we determined was that I had never, in the past, I'd never gotten a hardcore character level high enough for whatever is required to unlock that setting i guess in a game yeah it was the strangest thing because i've never seen that before mm -hmm. you know i'd never seen that before and it seemed to me like we had been playing in um adventure mode obviously yeah. and uh, i mean sometimes we've played you know a season in in softcore in uh the story mode but mm -hmm. we were playing in adventure mode and you know i would have him you know just start a game and i jump in there and it literally wouldn't let him click that selection. Like he couldn't click a higher difficulty because he hadn't yeah. completed, you know, the the fourth act or whatever. You know, act four. Um, I've never seen that before. I really haven't. And I mean, I don't honestly know if I've ever gotten a hardcore character all the way through act four, but it let me pick it. You know? Yeah, I don't know. So it was really weird. I've gotten a bunch of softcore through there, so maybe that was what it was. But I know you have too, because we played that together as well. So it was just this weird little thing, and I don't know if anybody listening has had that happen to them, you know, where the game's like, nope, you can't go that difficulty. And it wasn't, I don't think it was because of the levels we were, because I could uh, I could start a game and hit that, you know, the uh, uh, master difficulty level. And I was my character and your character were the same level. Yeah. You know, so it was just this really weird thing. So we're like, okay, well, we're going to play Master Difficulty and see how it goes. And uh, we were doing okay for a while. And uh, I remember being, like, really paranoid. I mean, I was, you know, I was really paranoid <laughs> yeah, because I'd already were... lost two, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'd already lost two witch doctors. And here we were starting to get closer to, you know, where I'd, uh, the farthest I'd gotten this season, you know, we'd passed 35, we hit 40, around 42 or something like that. And, and I remember just being real paranoid going, you know, just be careful and I can't save you if you die and you know, that kind of thing because it's hardcore and hoping I wouldn't die. And it was, I mean, it made it entertaining, you know, there was that. Um, and then we went into this Nephilim rift. <laughs> Do you remember how that went? Well... Well, let me explain yes. this, too, because from my perspective, I always play the game in terms of figuring out the level of, okay, is my character really ever taking on significant damage? I mean, or even any damage at all. And it just felt like through those first three difficulty settings, I, I don't know if if we were necessarily just face rolling, but it just felt like, you know, I would sit there and watch my character's health and it just felt like it, ne it never went down. It didn't matter how many demons uh, were on the screen, it just never went down. And I kind of felt like we weren't really playing the game in the truest sense, I guess, because it seems like if 
you just want to be able to roll through the content, then you may as well leave it on normal forever. So right, I right. wanted to at least get to a point where, you know, if we had a scenario where there was a decent-sized mob, obviously I didn't want to just instantly die, but I wanted to be at a point where I would, you know, see the health at least diminish a little bit so I could go, okay, well, I'm probably at a point with things where I'm fairly equally matched and I'm not necessarily overpowered to what I'm going up against. And for the most part, it seemed like everything was fine. And then we came into a room in a dungeon somewhere and I don't recall the details. But it seemed like everything was going fine and then some thing, you know, spawned with a bunch of Apexes and I was gone. Yeah, just, I mean, just it was like, quick. it was just, just, it was over. It, I like, I, I watched, you know, I watched the health globe diminish and it went so fast I was dead. Right. Mm-hmm. I and think this it just has, went right at you, I think is what happened. Well, yeah, that's, that's probably true. And I know that this has happened to me before where I've died and it just seemed like it wasn't even a thing. It was just like, boom, I was dead. Mm-hmm. So... Probably, I guess, the lesson for me to learn here is when I think I should bump it up to the highest possible difficulty, maybe that's when I should hold back a while, or maybe I should get to the point where, okay, if I'm at, say, the third level of difficulty and it still seems like I'm doing okay, then I should wait until I'm higher level or something before I bump it up again. I don't know, but... I, I did lose the Crusader at that point, and I haven't been back in the game since. So. Right, yeah, so you made it to level 42, which is not bad, you know, yeah. considering. And in that time, you also did um, the uh, the thing where you go through the ruins of Sesheron to go get yes. the cube. Now, you've never done that before. No. So what did you think about that? I thought it was cool. I mean, I always appreciate any, well, quote-unquote new content, new content to me. That's in the game. I didn't feel anything particularly special about it. I don't know if the Sesheron part is playable through story mode. So from that perspective, I, you know, and I didn't play it that way if it is. Right. So from I that perspective, I don't, really I, don't sure. yeah. I don't know that it adds anything story-wise to the game because I do appreciate those elements. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was good, and I'm pretty sure that I did get the cube. You did. So yeah. Does mm-hmm. that mean now I have the cube forever and always, or do I need to get it with each new character that I play? Um. Yes and no. Uh, from okay. what I've seen, for me, um, I well, I started this season with a hardcore character, and I don't think I think because we're okay, we were playing seasons. So if you started again with a new character in the season, I believe that the cube would still be there that you got if you played this season because yeah. I've died twice and the cube was still there, you know? Um, but I don't know, like, otherwise, because I know I've had situations where, like, I was playing a softcore or hardcore character and I got the cube and then the season ended and my character had not ever been through story mode. Yeah. So I couldn't go into adventure mode to get access to the cube. Yeah, you know. So I think if I got that particular character through story mode, then I could get that one to you know mess around with the cube again. But if I switched characters that had gone through that, then they had access to the cube. Okay. So that's at least my experience of it. Um, now, of course, 
as I'm saying this, uh, there's a difference. You know, if you got the cube on softcore, you don't have it on hardcore and vice versa. You got to go do those things separate, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, there's that. So, anyway, um, so do you think you're going to try season six anymore or are you done? I don't know. I really seem to enjoy playing the game most with you. Mm Mm-hmm. And now you've got a character that is super far above mine, and we know from past experience that you you're not so built up for lack of a better term with this character that you're gonna be able to just you know power me a uh, power level me right. in a, a matter of minutes, so the only real logical thing for me to do if I want to play you know us together in the same game is i'm going to have to roll a character and then level it myself and you know i enjoy diablo but again i'm really casual about it and i've never really gotten into that you know paragon five babillion mode where Mm -hmm. you know i hear like lantonio and and brazia talk about sometimes and other people that chime in here from the audience and and I'm always envious of that I guess because I just never really get to those high levels so it'll really just depend on what I feel like you know if I feel like I just want to sit down and play a game for a while and that's really kind of a thing with me in general these kind of games where you can spend a bunch of time I guess all at once Uh, trying to level a character that doesn't really work well for me i can play for maybe two hours at a clip and then i need to take a break for a while so i i don't know it'll just depend Mm -hmm. on if i really feel like playing the game again i guess well that's pretty much how you should go you know yeah i don't think if you if you don't feel like playing a game you probably shouldn't play that game right then do something else do a different game do whatever yeah i guess if i could find a way to truly make it fun for myself playing by myself then I would maybe feel a little differently about it and one thing that I've never been able to really accomplish because it seems like you know I get so far into it and then I just kind of fall off and I wind up not playing the game for two months is I've never I I feel like I've never truly just played the game solo from start to finish in story mode Mm -hmm. you know i've played it i've i've finished as far as i know all of story mode with my original barbarian smashers Mm -hmm. and some of that i was by myself but some of that i did with you right and occasionally with a few other people Mm -hmm. so i i've never had really that experience of just playing you know start to finish through story by myself and I kind of want to do that mostly for my own I guess obsessive reasons because I feel like if I play it from start to finish and just kind of take my time and explore everything and try to pick up all the stuff that I'll understand more about the lore the backstory and all that because I am interested in that stuff and I don't entirely understand it but fortunately I am married to you know, one of the most uh, f- foremost authorities in that area. So really, if I have questions, I'm just going to ask you. That's usually what happens. You know, what's this thing? Who's this guy? Right. I kind of know. I did appreciate, uh, speaking of all that, the part in Sesheron where 
you actually uh, rescue the guy, the historian guy that mm-hmm. you know usually just pops up in the corner and tells you about some of the the different monsters and things. I kind of thought that was cool. That was kind of neat. Yeah. That is from that is from Sesharan, right? From Sesharan. I don't, yeah, I don't remember that from any other part of the game. I appreciate when the developers throw those things in, and it just kind of fleshes the world out a little more. I guess it just makes it a little more enjoyable for me as someone who appreciates that stuff to play the game. It's like there's one of those uh, dungeons or whatever caverns. I don't know exactly what the right word is that you can go in where you do sort of a, a side thing with uh, Tash in the Miner, mm-hmm. who is probably my favorite character in the game, which is kind of a dumb thing, I guess, to admit. But I don't know. I just like the guy. Yeah. So it's kind of <laughs> cool that every now and then they'll they'll pull an NPC and let you kind of do something with them. And in this case, the the historian guy does he have a name? Do you know? Yeah, it's um. Oh, I'm blanking out on it. Well, Give it's me not, a minute and I'll grab it. It's not it. important. I'm sure you'll get it, but. It's just kind of cool because up to that point, you know, that that guy only exists as a little portrait and a voice in the corner when he's giving you historical information or information on monsters. So now you see him as an actual NPC and he's moving around and saying things and you're interacting with him so much as you can. I just appreciate that kind of stuff. It's kind of fun. So I just, you know, used Google here and it uh, auto-filled so I'm pretty sure the character's name is Abd Al Hazir. That sounds That's right. Him, I knew Abd it was it was all something with an H. So yeah. that sounds correct. Right, and he's just funny, you know. Yeah. And it's funny because like you save him and he's running around with you and he's still telling you some of the lore of right. the stuff. And <laughs> if you um, if you save him and you're also uh, you also do the there's a quest in Sesharan where you uh, release a barbarian, uh-huh. you know. And uh, he, you know, stay, you, know, you release him. I think you release a couple other barbarians, and then he'll stick around with you for a while. And sometimes mm-hmm. the two of them will talk to each other. Mm. And, uh, you know, so you've got the uh, historian guy saying, oh, this area, this, that, and the other. And, and the barbarian's like, yeah, I know, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> it's just kind of funny, you know. Um, but that's a, that's a fun part with that. So with me, I did continue playing. I immediately put the difficulty level back down to hard. Good idea. <laughs> because I just felt like, oh, no, I don't know if I can. I don't know. It, like, if, if my character dies before the end of the season... And I haven't, you know, gotten really much farther than I am now. I'm, I'm through chapter one, chapter two, almost through chapter three. I need to hit 70, which I was really close to hitting with that first character. And I got to kill a couple of bosses on like probably master difficulty. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, but there's only two of those. So, I mean, it should yeah. it should work. But I think if I die again, I'm going to like really um, reconsider my plan of uh, trying to play a class that I know the least about and have the least experience in in hardcore and try to push it. You know, I mean, maybe this wasn't the smartest decision for this time around, but it's been kind of fun. Um, And I have kept playing. So I'm at uh, 55 now. So I'm getting there. Um, It's going a little slow because I'm playing by myself. So you don't get that buff, you know, but um, also it's, it's the lowest difficulty, (laughs) just almost the lowest difficulty. And it's in hard. So it's just kind of lame. I don't know. Mm. It just seemed like the thing to do, especially when I'm playing while I'm tired or if I'm a lot of, on a lot of allergy drugs. I'm like, eh, I don't want to die again and do this whole same thing again well, the third time in the I season. Think, <laughs> I think that's something you need the to consider. Time it would be. 
yeah. with the whole hardcore thing because if you really don't want your character to die, then you should probably be a, a little more conservative, say, than I was. Mm-hmm. And that's always the trade-off because obviously the higher you set the difficulty, the more XP you get, the faster you level, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but then you might run into an incident like I did where you're just done. Yeah. So if you don't want that to happen, then you need to play a little more conservatively. Right. And I didn't want to play conservatively this time. I wanted to, like, see how fast I could go. And, you know, now I'm on my third character going, well, maybe I should take it a little bit slower this yeah. time around. <laughs> you know? Anyway. So that's where we're at for now. And uh, next up we have uh, Audible, which we mention every show. They are still the sponsor of the Shattered Soulstone podcast. And you can get a free 30-day trial if you go to bit.ly dash soulstone2016. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash soulstone2016. You get a free 30-day trial. You get a credit that's good for any of their 180,000 titles. They might have more than that now, but... It's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff to choose from. And you get a free audiobook. So, I mean, you can't beat that. And then if you want to continue after your free trial's over, uh, there's a couple of different offers as far as how many... It depends on how many credits you want per month is how much you pay. It depends on how many audiobooks you go through. Um, but they have a whole bunch of stuff. And then the, uh, the membership comes with a digital version of the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. And there's special sales and deals that are only for members. So if you want to get started on that sometime after you're done listening to our episode today, you can go to uh, bit.ly slash soulstone2016. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash soulstone2016. And let me uh, just throw out if you're looking for a blizzard you know it's obviously not diablo but a a blizzard audiobook there is apparently an audiobook production of the novelization of the warcraft movie so if you're looking for something recent uh in the blizzard universe to begin your audible experience that might be one to consider i didn't even know that one existed I yeah. kind of missed that somehow, yeah. Yeah, well, it was mentioned on a recent episode of All Things Azeroth, which I also edit, so that's right. how I know. Yeah, Dawn, Dawn Forge Editor here has all the yeah. shows. <laughs> well, maybe not all. No, I, I there's... Two. Yeah, two, two, <laughs> two of, now. Uh-huh. Two of the three more active ones are mm-hmm. edited by me. Yeah, so that's a good way to pick up information. See, I wouldn't have even known that. Good thing I brought you on the show today, right? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Okay, so um, we only got, like, two tweets this time around. And I'm guessing people are either, you know, they've burned through the season, they've gotten everything they wanted or think they can achieve, and they're done, and they don't care anymore. Or maybe everybody's playing Overwatch or the Legion beta instead. I don't know, but we only got two tweets. Or so, it is also summer in North America. And so, so maybe people are going outside and doing outside. stuff. And, you know, it's beginning. It's We're kind of in early June. So there's a lot of like graduation parties and things, you know. So, I mean, it could be it could be a lot of things. So we have two. We have two little tweets. You want to read those off for us? Sure, I would be happy to. The first tweet came from at HP Botha, who tweeted at Shattered Stone, hating the lack of alternative whiz builds. In D3 Season 6, any advice? Hashtag Archon build. Hashtag no fan I am. So he's hating the Archon build, it seems, I guess. Or maybe just the lack of alternatives. Um, I know they're messing around with the Firebird's finery. I know it was like 
you know, super powered or something. And they're, they're messing around with it uh, right now as far as balancing it a bit more or something to that effect. But they're not done. So maybe that one when they're done might be an option. But beyond okay. that, I haven't played a wizard in so long. I really can't uh, can't say. So if anyone listening, you know, has advice for HP Botha about that, uh, you can send us a tweet at Shattered Stone, or you can send us mail, an email, um, at uh, show at shatteredstone.com. I think that's right. Shatteredsoulstone.com. I'll get it right eventually. Um, and, you know, send in some advice, because that's just, I really don't have too much advice on that right now. We have one more tweet. Yeah, and I will say that I've never played a wizard, so not surprisingly, I have no good advice for you. Aww. The other tweet is from Atlantonio, who tweeted at Shattered Stone, got Slayer done and hashtag D3ROS Season 6 HC, which is one of the longer hashtags I've seen in relation to anything discussed on this show. And he says, uh, don't think Destroyer is going to happen, though, as I don't foresee myself getting a conquest. Okay, so he's possibly hit the limits of how far he's going to go in the season. Mm, but okay. Slayer's good. I've never finished Slayer. I got close. The previous season, I got close. Um, I think I needed two more things, and I just couldn't do it. And one of them, I can't remember exactly what they were. I think it was uh, Clear a Greater Rift solo that was higher than I could do on my own. But you have to do it solo, or it doesn't count. So there's the problem, you know, for me. Um, you know, I'm not, yeah. uh, I'm not there yet. I've never done Slayer all the way. Someday I'll get it. Uh, it may not be this season the rate I'm going, but um, I'll give it a try. So maybe, you know, maybe that tweet kind of is saying maybe people are kind of uh, sort of done, you know? Sure. It's possible. it's possible. I mean, we have a while to go, I think. You know, it's supposed to be like a three-month season. So anyway, we have a bit, uh, a bit to go on from there. I guess I'm going to go into the uh, the show notes. The show notes. Yeah, I'm reading the show notes. The uh, the notes in the show notes about the cool stuff that's going on outside of the game, like, you know, blue posts and things like that. So um, there is, as I kind of alluded to earlier, there's uh, patch 2.4.2 is on the PTR right now. And uh, it specifically states that these are preliminary PTR patch notes. It's not the final version of the patch notes. There might be some changes. That is, there's stuff that might not be documented, that might not be described in full detail. But you can check it out if you want to get on to the uh, PTR and you know put a character there and see what's what um, and, and do that. I've never done that with the PTR. I don't know why. I just never have, um, but you can. So if you're bored with this season or you've gotten as far as you can go, you can mess around with the PTR and see what that's like. But I wouldn't recommend taking a look at the PTR patch notes and saying, okay, this is exactly what the patch is going to be because it's not quite done. There's still room for people to make suggestions. Yeah. So, and, and notice, you know, things that have, you know, broken, if anything, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, have fun with it. Check it out see what you think definitely give um feedback and stuff and that leads me to another link um that is also about the patch uh that it's the ptr is now available for that patch and nevelistus posted a great post about how to do the ptr if you've never done it you know it walks you through like how to participate how do you copy a character to it how do you report feedback and bugs you know why are you doing this that kind of thing it's 
it's for people who have never done the PTR and uh, which is player test Somebody realm. Like me, right? It's player test realm for those that don't know the acronym. Um, I tend to try to make those clear because I get confused with those all the time. But um, you know, if if you're looking for that and you're like, oh, I'd like to try the PTR, but I don't really know how or how to get into it, that will uh, walk you right through, so you can do it too. And uh, definitely leave feedback and report bugs because that's kind of the point of the player test realm is to see, you know, is to fix stuff before it goes live. So it's not really a beta, but it sort of functions like one. So, you know, if you're going to get in there and do that, definitely report things as you see them. Um, Another thing that's going on is uh, the uh, play your way that they used to do. Do you you know what a play your way is, Sean? I'm not sure that I do. They used to do this, and it used to be that a player, you know, is messing around in the game. They make this really creative build that works for them that isn't, like, just set pieces or something. And uh, they figured out something that's really fun or really cool to do with combinations of different gear and uh, skills and things like that. And they kind of made their own thing out of it. It wasn't like, you know, it's not a cookie cutter build, so to speak. It's something different. So they called that play your way. And then what you do in the past was you, you know, submit them to Blizzard and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. And then there's a chance yours could get showcased, you know? Okay. So it's coming back. It's been gone for a while. That's going to return on June 23rd. And so you can submit your builds, showcase them to the world. Um, The purpose of this isn't to find, like, the very best, most effective, most efficient, whatever, or to say this is what you have to do if you want to be effective. It's to give, uh, to quote the the post, it's to give the average hero a chance to show off their creativity and inspire others. And they're going to do it uh, bi-weekly every other Thursday. And uh, they they used to have um, they used to do it with live streams. Yeah, you know it used to be like okay they're going to still do like a little gameplay video to highlight the build and show you know what it looks like and all that. And they used to do a live stream where somebody whoever's build got picked would come in and play with some of the people I think that were you know Diablo team and show how it works and stuff. But they're not doing the live stream anymore. But there will still be like a little video to show you how the build works. Okay, and earlier I mentioned uh, Firebird's Finery. I hope I said it right the first time. I'm a little out of it today. So um, they are messing around with that, and Nevelistus posted about it, and she started the post with, in the words of a wise man, don't panic. They're not done with it. Um, You can check it out on the PTR. You can go and play in Firebird's Finery and see what it does and see what you think about what they've been doing, but... Um, I, I'm of the impression that perhaps this was a response to people freaking out about the changes in Firebirds because it was real super powered. Yeah. You know? Um, and they did say they were going to leave it as it is with the superpower thing through season six so as not to really like mess with people who were playing a build that was totally legal to play. It was just there, you know? <laughs> Um, they're not, you know, they're not cheating. It's just, that's what was in the game. Um, they're leaving that there for season six. It's not going to be like that after season six. So if you absolutely love Firebird's Finery the way it is, play it now. Because <laughs> it's going to change one way or another, um, after this. And then there's another forum post, uh, that has to do with, um, in season six, you got a lot of special items out there. Some of them are transmog, some of them are pets. Some of them are, you know, just different fun items that hadn't been introduced to the game before. Some of them will only drop from a certain monster or a certain place. And, you know, it's just sort of like a big treasure hunt kind of thing going on. Well, there's this thing called the Khazra or Fallen Pennant, which is one of those pennants that sticks on the back of your character and 
you know, is tall enough to be over their heads. Makes them really easy to spot in, in a mob of monsters. Um, people are wondering, like, okay, what's going on with that one? Nobody's finding it. They're not sure. So Nevelistus responded to that. She said, we agree that it's unusual and we haven't seen anyone post about finding it or providing a guide by this point. We've run several investigations on this one, and while the pennant is meant to be on the rare side, right now it's a little too rare. We plan on upping this rate to make the pennant easier to acquire. However, doing so requires a patch. In the meantime, I wouldn't blame you for suspending your search for the pennant until after the next patch, especially because there's still a puzzle to be solved here. She posted that two days ago. Um, so this, to me, says that uh, they're not going to increase the drop rate of that pennant until after the patch, which we won't get during a season, because in the past when they patched during a season, it screwed things up. So uh, back in, like, season... Oh, maybe season two. I don't know. Something like that. But I'm interested in the wording in here. You know, I wouldn't blame you for suspending your search for a pennant, especially because there's a puzzle to be solved here. I'm kind of wondering, mm. like, is that a hint about where to go? Oh, okay. And I have not looked up anything at all about where to find stuff or uh, what's out there to find or how to get it or anything, because I just wanted to be surprised. So far, I haven't been surprised. I haven't found a thing. Um, not really. So, uh, you know, and I know there's like pets and there's goblins with stuff and all that. I just haven't found it yet. But I'm just thinking like a puzzle to be solved and suspending. And I don't know where this thing goes, but it makes me think of that um, chapel in Act 3 where the floor is not there and then different squares pop up and you have to mm. jump on them and make them solid. I'm wondering if it has something to do with that. But I'm probably completely wrong in overthinking that. You know? Yeah. But in any case, if you want this thing, you're going to have a better shot at it after a patch. Okay. So there's that. And another thing I wanted to add in here uh, towards the end. Um, well, actually, I'll do this. There's a PC Gamer article that's talking about the patch, since we're all about the patch this time around. Um, that uh, the patch notes for 2.4.2 are, you know, are out. Um, it's in the public test realm. Oh, that was player test realm. They're saying public test realm. I think it works either way, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure who's right, but it works. And they're saying that um, it's making changes to adventure mode and the UI and a couple of character classes. Um, and one of the things I noticed from this, they're saying in uh, this uh, PC Gamer post is saying that it's making the difficulty levels more difficult after okay. the patch. So their phrase is, torment gets tormentier. You know? <laughs> um... So that's kind of something to think about. So next season, you know, if you've been playing on a certain difficulty, you know, up in Torment and you were breezing through it and thought, oh, I can easily do that. You might want to slow down a bit because uh, they're changing it. It might be harder than you expected and then you'll be dead and that won't be any fun. Yeah. But they're also doing this thing where you can remove the UI, you know, the little bar at the bottom of the screen, the map and all that other stuff, you know, and you can like turn it on and off and that makes for really nice screenshots. Mm, is what I'm seeing. Yeah. They got a post here without it. Uh, they got a screenshot of something. And it looks really cool without all the extra stuff in the way. And I think I've seen a couple of people tweet screenshots like that. So they must be in the PTR uh, doing it. But that's something to think about. If you blog at all about Diablo 3, you can now get rid of the you know, all the extra stuff and take your nice picture. Okay. You know? And that's something you could do in World of Warcraft. There's a couple buttons you hit and you can remove all the UI and take your nice picture of whatever you were trying to do. Um... You're going to be able to do it in D3 fairly soon, so that's kind of fun. And 
and uh, there's some other stuff in there as well, but I thought that was kind of a key thing. And I'll end on this one. Um, Jay Wilson. Do you know who Jay Wilson is, Sean? Yeah, I'm fairly certain we met him at the uh, Reaper of Souls launch, right? We did. Yeah, we met yeah, a lot of people him. there. He was really nice. He was. He was. He was just standing around talking to us, and there was like a group of people talking at a table, and he was just really nice and really cool. Um, he announced on his Twitter account sometime in the last week or so that uh, he's at Angry Robotics. That's his Twitter. And his tweet was this. Sad to say after 10 of the best years of my life that this will be my last week at Blizzard and in the games industry. So he is leaving Blizzard. And he later tweeted that he's, you know, someone asked him, what are you going to go do? And I think he said he was going to start uh, writing novels, which would be interesting. Yeah, I'd like to see what he does. Sure, yeah. Um, so for those of you that don't know who Jay Wilson is or don't remember the name or you're new to the game, um, the Diablo wiki has a little blurb about him and it says that he was the game director of Diablo 3 until January of 2013 when he resigned and moved on to another undisclosed project within Blizzard Entertainment. He was the most frequently interviewed member of the Diablo 3 team at that time and his quotes fill the content of articles in the Diablo wiki because okay. <laughs> you know, he had a lot of you know, comments and things like that for it so um it's you know it's good that he's moving on to something else that he wants to do he seems a little sad about leaving but i mean if you liked what you were doing and you were in a company for 10 years you're going to be a little sad i would think sure you know? it's a long um, time and it's my understanding that working for blizzard is pretty good you know <laughs> i've, I've heard a lot of complaints impression, yeah. yeah they seem to treat people pretty well so he's going to move on and um you know, I just, I just wanted to say, you know, people, please be nice if you're going to tweet back at him because he just took so much hate thrown at him in the beginning of Diablo 3 when the game didn't come out to be exactly what people wanted. And admittedly, the game has improved tremendously over time. It wasn't perfect out of the box, but he got oh, no. a lot of just rage thrown at him about it, even though nothing in Blizzard is done by one person. It's always a team. Yeah. You know, but he was like the guy that was the target for that. And... I think he had um, an angry tweet at one point that people just pulled out of context and blew up sure. and made a big deal. Like, that could happen to anyone, you know? Yeah. Um, but he is he is moving on, and I'm going to be looking forward to see what he writes. Yeah. I think that For sure. Kind of neat. So, anyway, other than that, um, as far as other media, very briefly here, um, we saw the Warcraft movie. <laughs> yes, we did. We saw it yesterday. And I really enjoyed it. I figured I would like it, but I enjoyed it more than I expected I would. And I'm probably at least as casual of a Warcraft player as I am a Diablo player, so it isn't like I went into it with any great level of Warcraft fandom. I appreciate the game but I am uh, hardly, you know, a, a hardcore player of that, for lack of a better term. But I did enjoy the movie, and I thought for a standalone production that it delivered everything it needed to. Let's just put it that way. That's a good explanation <laughs> without giving out any because, spoilers in case people haven't seen yeah, it yet. Be because the thing that you always worry about or at least you you can maybe i do when these kind of movies comes out is is it going to be two hours of fan service with very little substance or is it going to be an actually you know fully fleshed out movie 
and I feel like it is, and that you don't really need any pre-exposure to Warcraft to just watch it from the beginning to the end to appreciate it for what it is. And you you were saying um, your sister saw it, and she does not play any of these video games. That's true. My sister saw it with her husband. and Who doesn't play either. They had never played any Warcraft anything, but she said they both really liked it. So I was glad to hear that because it proves that the film can stand at some length on its own. It appears, at least here in the U.S., that it's probably not going to reach the epic summer blockbuster sales that I think everyone had hoped, but I'm sure after everything's said and done as far as international sales, then when eventually it goes to uh, DVD, Blu-ray, etc., that it will make all its money back plus. But regardless of that, I, I've, I enjoyed the movie, and I kind of hope that they get to make another one and that they manage to make it at least as, as good as this one. Yeah, I thought it was really good, too. I knew a little bit of the lore. Obviously, I don't know as much about WoW lore as I do about Diablo 3 lore because I've just been focused on that for years <laughs> since you know, all the books came out way back when and everything. Um, but I knew enough. Like, I play both Alliance and Horde, so I kind of had some idea of, like, okay, I kind of know who this character is. I have a vague idea of the history of that one, you know, this sort of thing. Um, but like you were saying, I didn't need to know all of that to, to enjoy sure. the movie. It kind of explains just enough about who each character is. So you get, you know, oh, this person is important because, or this one relates to that one this way, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. And um, I think it worked out pretty well. And I, I wasn't sure. Um, now, we were talking the other night about how a lot of the characters are uh, computer generated, kind right. of, you know. Um, and I think that could go well or that could go badly, and I think it went well for this. It fit somehow. Yeah, I agree. I think if they had tried to do full costumes for the orcs, I can't see any way that they could have done that. So clearly there was some combination of, of you know, costume people and, and full CG. I don't exactly know how they made the movie. Most of the orcs are you know done in cgi but it looked good and you know that can always be a dicey proposition especially when you've got characters or actors that are not cgi at all interacting with characters that are i mean that can fail and it it went well all of the as far as i could tell anyway all of the non-orc races that were represented were just played by people in costumes so um i think most of them yeah not the all. well the 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 outside of the orcs the humans are seen in this movie more than anything else and there's uh, yeah the a humans few, were not CGI there's a few scenes well, where you see some <laughs> maybe I'm wrong Draenei, and there's uh-huh. a few scenes where you see you know a, a dwarf or two and a couple of night elves mm-hmm. but I I think all of them were were mostly played by people but I could be wrong. I wonder if the dwarves were more CGI than I realized at first. It's possible. CGI, CG, I don't know. That. Yeah. Animated, <laughs> I guess. Made by computers. Made by computers, much like this podcast. So I'm going to wrap this up before we just kind of get you know, well, this, really into this it. This podcast is made with computers. Oh, yeah. That's true. 
Made so by, made we're with. we're still we're still mostly flesh and, and blood. People. Right, and we haven't you know replaced editors with a, a, a fancy little program robot no, not yet. yet. So so we're good. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'm going to wrap up this show. You have been listening to episode 121 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Want to join us in game and, you know, play with our little low-level characters as we die? Um, <laughs> why not? Join our in-game community aptly named Shattered Soulstone. Feel free to post short missives up on the community board and join the chat channel to talk with other folks from the community in-game. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your contributions, thoughts, questions, and feedback to show at ShatteredSoulstone.com. We love Twitter, so come and join and tweet with us. You can find the show at Shattered Stone. Uh, I'm at Queen of Haiku. Lantonio is at Lantonio. And Braja is at the underscore Braja. And Sean is at? At Sean, O-S-H-A-W-N-O. So it's pretty easy to find. Uh, before we wrap this up, uh-huh. I just want to throw in a reminder there for the Shattered Soulstone Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash soulstone, I believe. Uh, let's I'll see. I'll talk here for a minute while here, Jen anyway. looks that up. Uh, let's see. Just, uh, just, just to say a quick thank you to everyone who has contributed to that Patreon uh, now and in the past because the money that's raised by the Patreon pretty much all goes directly to me as the editor. For all those hours. Which, I greatly appreciate as a freelancer, you know, my my time really is my money. So Right. <laughs> time I would, is money, friend, to well, quote, you know, not exactly. Uh, yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah. it is at um patreon.com slash soulstone. Okay. It is, you're right. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, at, uh, again as as a freelancer I, I do appreciate that and And it uh, helps keep the know, show going. Ab- absolutely. So uh you know, uh, we we love for you to uh, consider supporting the show in that way. And we, yeah, we always appreciate it every time. Every time someone does, we really do. It, it truly helps keep the show going. Like literally, like gets it edited. Like yeah. you know, really does. Um, so to continue on with closing the show, we'd also like to extend a huge thank you to Medros of Dawnforge Productions for hosting our Loot Deviant show. You can find more shows from the Dawnforge at www.thedawnforge.com Thanks for listening. Until next time, from both of us here today at Shattered Soulstone, we will be trying not to die in hardcore. Indeed. Thanks for listening to this presentation of Dawnforge Productions, copyright 2016. Find us online at thedawnforge.com.